Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You can learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com or you can download our free Living Truth app. Now, here's Pastor Michael's teaching in Isaiah 51 called Look to the Rock. Have you ever been at a point in your life where you've been rotating something in your head over and over again? And it, and it might be something that you've kind of funneled up vertically. It might be a, uh, something that you're wrestling with in your life. It might be a question about faith. It might be a difficult circumstance, etc. And you find, have you ever said words like this? I'm getting sick of hearing myself whine about this. Anybody relate to that? And I'm sure God's got to be sick of me whining about this. And I'm not just saying that to say that. I really think that this is what this chapter is about. Because three times in the chapter, and I'm reading from the New King James tonight only because I couldn't find my New American Standard Bible. I think I left it at home. But anyway, here's what he says. This is 51.1. He says, listen to me. Look at verse 4. Listen to me. Look at verse 7. Listen to me. See, when something's repeated over and over like that, you kind of get the sense that God's saying, hey, it's time for you to shut up and to listen. And one of the more destructive things, I think, to our faith in perhaps anything else is when we get in that rut where all we can seem to do is listen to our own whining. Or what we may do is we start to listen to voices that affirm our whininess. You know what I'm saying? Anybody who's playing my tune, I want to talk to you, right? And those are the times when God's trying to say, hey, it's time for you to listen to what I have to say. Because you can listen to all the voices, all the faith doubters, all the prognosticators that are going to tell you that God's not going to show up and the Bible's not true. Or you can listen to the God who gave you life, saved your soul, breathed the Holy Spirit, his presence into you, and has sealed you for the day of redemption. And you can listen to his voice afresh. And really, faith is really about that. When you think about faith, it's all about Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God or the word of Christ. And oftentimes, when we're in a rut, it's because we get away from really listening. Now, I'm not saying that we might not have the word of God on the radio, or maybe even still coming to church, but somehow there's a way, I think, spiritually, that we can tune that out and say, ah, I've heard that, but it's not working, or God's not here, and we're not in a groove right now. God, you're not following my plan, (laughs) you know, that kind of thing, right? We've all been there. And God says, listen to me. Jesus said, why do you call me Lord, Lord, double emphatic, and not do what I say? And then right after that verse in Luke 6, 46, he tells the parable of the, the guy that builds on the rock and the guy that builds on the sand, the guy that builds on the rock, heard his sermon, heard what he said, and and acted upon it, and the guy that built on the sand heard what he said and did not act upon it. Storm comes, houses look good on the outside, one's built on a firm foundation of listening and 
acting upon it. The others built on a faulty foundation of listening and not acting upon it. One house falls, one, one house stands, one house falls. What's the difference? James one twenty two, right? We hear and we obey. And God says, listen to me, verse 1, you who pursue righteousness. In the New Testament, and I think it's in 1 Timothy, and maybe even repeated in 2 Timothy, we are to pursue righteousness. Jesus said those who hunger and thirst for righteousness will be satisfied. So righteousness is something that we should pursue, and it really comes as we seek the Lord, verse 1, and we look. Now, this is interesting because God says, listen to me, you who pursue righteousness, who seek the Lord. And then he says, look to the rock from which you were hewn and to the quarry from which you were dug. And then he explains it in verse 2. Look to Abraham, your father, and to Sarah, who was Abraham's wife, who gave birth to you in pain when he, Abraham, was one. And of course, God made him many. I called him and then I blessed him and multiplied him. Now, I think kind of what's going on here is sometimes when we're in that faith, when the faith meter is a little bit low, sometimes we say, God, I understand the spiritual dynamic of the fact that you are spirit, but sometimes I need a human model. I need someone who I can relate to, someone who I could even follow in their footsteps. You know, give me somebody with skin on, you know, to look at. Now, Jesus, of course, is our ultimate model. But sometimes it's easy for us to dismiss that and say, yeah, but Jesus is, is God in human flesh. Is anybody doing this stuff? Is anybody really living, pursuing righteousness, seeking the Lord, living a godly life? Or is this all just kind of a show? Well, God says, if you want an example, if you want a human example, why don't you look to the uh, rock from which you were hewn, and this is just language that means where you came from, the quarry from which you were dug. I think the rock is Abraham, the quarry is a reference to Sarah. Why don't you look to the beginning, to the origin of the nation with which you are part? Why don't you look to Abraham? Now, when you look to Abraham, what do you find? When you look to Sarah, what do you discover? When you look to these two people, what uh, lessons would come to your heart and mind? Well, the book of Romans gives us some insight, and so does the book of Hebrews. So I want you to go, first of all, to Romans chapter 4. Now, in Romans 4, we probably have the most profound uh, explanation of the depth of grace and how we're saved by grace through faith. It's not of ourselves. And in Romans 4.12, Paul is using Abraham and he uses David as well as two examples for the people to follow. This is Romans 4, verse 12. And he says this, And the father of circumcision, Romans 4.12, who not only are of the circumcision, to those who are not only of the circumcision, but who also follow in the steps of the faith of our father Abraham, which he had while uncircumcised. So in Romans 4, a chapter all about the depths of the grace of God, that we can't earn salvation, it's given as a gift of God, we are told that we still need to respond in faith to grace. 
That's really what Abraham did. A promise was given. He responded in faith to that promise. And that faith, it was imputed to him as righteousness. God extended a gift of grace by Abraham's faith to his promise. Skip down to verse 16. For this reason, it is by faith that it might be in accordance with grace in order that the promise may be certain to all the descendants, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. And he's held up as the father of Gentiles who are in the faith as well. As it is written, a father of many nations, though he was one, uh, have I made you. In the sight of him who believed, even God, who gives life to the dead and calls into being that which does not exist. In hope against hope, he believed, Abraham did, in order that he might become a father of many nations according to that which uh, had been spoken, so shall your descendants be. And without becoming weak in faith, he contemplated his own body, now as good as dead. He was about uh, 100 years old when the this miraculous birth took place of Isaac, since he was about 100 years old, and the deadness of Sarah's womb, she was 90. Yet with respect to the promise of God, he did not waver in unbelief, but grew strong in faith, giving glory to God. And being fully assured that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. Therefore also it was reckoned to him as righteousness. Now not only for his sake only was it written that it was reckoned to him But for our sake also, to whom it will be reckoned, as those who believe in him who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead, who was delivered up because of our transgressions and was raised because of our justification. I want you to see that that chapter of grace and faith ends with a promise to anyone who will trust in Jesus Christ. And that promise is that Jesus was delivered up because of our sins. He was raised for our justification. And that promise of grace and through our faith will be imputed to us just as it was to Abraham, who is the father of the faithful. Now, that is interwoven with the fact that when the promise was made, at least part of the promise, that his descendants would come, it would be through a son of promise, and that son of promise would be born to a very elderly couple. Uh, Abraham would be 100, Sarah 90. I don't mean to offend anybody by saying very elderly, but if you want to look at the ability to uh, bear children, they are way past that point. And I don't care what super vitamins you're taking, all right, it ain't happening. Biologically, the, the clock has ticked and it's over. The clock is broken and in a trash can, right? But the promise came. And Sarah kind of giggled about the promise, right? And she said, <laughs> I'm going to have a kid in my old age. And the Lord confronted her. said, why did you laugh? I didn't laugh. Yes, you did. It was kind of funny. And they named the kid Isaac, which means... can you believe it laughter right the son of promise came god is true to his promises when it appeared abraham dead sarah's womb dead and god said i'm going to bring life from that which is dead and that's what god does in salvation We were dead in our trespasses and sins, and he made us alive. That is salvation. God calls things into existence 
that we're not as though they were because God is God. We'll get back to Pastor Michael's teaching in Isaiah in a moment. But first, Pastor Michael has an invitation for you. Hey, if you're looking for a fellowship to participate in and you're anywhere within driving distance of the Inland Empire, I pastor a church along with other pastors. I'm the senior pastor of Living Truth Christian Fellowship in the city of Corona. And we do two Sunday morning services each Sunday, 8.30 a.m. and 10.30 a.m., We happen to be moving through the book of Philippians at the current moment. Hey, plan on joining us this weekend. We'd love to have you. I'd love to meet you. I'll meet you right there at the Donuts. Maybe we'll split a maple bar. (laughs) And hey, remember, if you can't join us, if you're not within the Inland Empire, then find a good, healthy Bible teaching church and go and serve the Lord because he's worthy. And when we're part of the body, an active part of the body, man, it makes a big difference in our lives and the lives of others. So make sure you're plugged in to fellowship this weekend. God bless you. Learn more about Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona, where Pastor Michael Lance serves as senior pastor, when you visit walkintruth.com or call 844-48-TRUTH. That's 844-48-TRUTH. We'd love to see who's listening. So please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth. That's what God does in salvation. We were dead in our trespasses and sins, and he made us alive. That is salvation. God calls things into existence that were not as though they were, because God is God. And this is the faith that he's trying to impress back into these people. Go to Romans 15. So faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of Christ or God. And it says in Romans 15, let each of us, verse 2, please his neighbor for his good, leading to his edification. For even Christ, Romans 15, 3, did not please himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. For whatever things were written before were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. Now may the God of patience and comfort grant you to be like-minded toward one another according to Christ Jesus that you may with one mind and one mouth glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. See, sometimes we're in a situation where we need to hear a word of encouragement and comfort, and it comes through that which is written. And if you now look to the book of Hebrews with me, Hebrews 11 is called the Great Hall of, do you remember? Not fame, but faith, right? And of the many uh, pillars that are held up there, Abraham is one of them. And here's what it says of Abraham after it deals with Abel and Enoch and Noah. Then it goes to Abraham in verse 8, chapter 11, Hebrews. By faith, Abraham, when he was called, obeyed by going out to a place which he was to receive for an inheritance, and he went out not knowing where he was going. That's an act of faith. By faith he lived as an alien in the land of promise, as in a foreign land, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob. Uh, In permanence is the picture there, though 
he had been given the land of Canaan, yet he would not own any of it except the burial plot where Sarah would be buried. They were fellow heirs of the same promise. For he, Abraham, Hebrews 11.10, was looking for the city which has foundations whose architect and builder is God. He was looking for the city which has foundations whose architect and builder is who? God. By faith, even Sarah herself received the ability to conceive even beyond the proper time of life. Since she considered him faithful who had promised, they both did. They both acted in faith. Therefore also there was born of one man and him as good as dead at that. As many descendants as the stars of heaven in number and innumerable as the sand which is by the seashore. All these died in faith, including Abraham, without receiving the promises, but having seen them and having welcomed them from a distance and having confessed that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. Abraham is a picture of us. He's a picture of the church, but as it is, 16, same chapter, they desire a better country that is a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. God is not ashamed to call us his people, to be called our God. And the journey of faith, if you wanted to define what faith really is, faith is seeing beyond the temporal. You might want to write that down as a definition. Because I hear people give all kinds of definitions of faith. Faith is, you know, if you just believe a certain way or a certain form, they go back to Isaiah 51. That's not faith. Faith is having the eyes to see that which you have not realized yet, but is based upon a promise of him who is faithful. Amen? Faith is looking beyond the temporary to the permanent. That's what Abraham did. He dwelt in temporary places. He was intense. But God said, look... I've got a promise. This land is going to belong to a nation and you're going to have descendants as the stars of the sky, the sand of the seashore. Abraham did not fully realize that with his physical eyes, but one day we are going to sit down in the kingdom of God with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And every time a person enters into heaven, can you imagine Abraham saying, there's another one. There's another one. There's another one. Because we're all sons and daughters of Abraham by faith. He is the model of imputed righteousness, the model of grace given and faith receiving it. And I don't know about you, but I start thinking about my own life and I start thinking about my kids and I start thinking about my spiritual kids and I start thinking about how many, I wonder where the branches go and I wonder who else is is getting saved or hearing the truth as a result of this encounter and this marriage and this situation and this uh, moment of time that I took or you took to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Christ. We don't know. But one day I think we're going to get to find out. One day I think when we're in heaven and other people are walking in, we're going to get to know they're going to be part of our crown because we had a role in that. There was a guy, uh, someone in, on the evangelism team sent us a, um, a YouTube of this and he was a, a guy in, uh, oh gosh, I think it was, what's, what was the country? Was it Australia? And he was a little old guy who gave out Bible tracts. And what he would do is people would walk by on this busy street. He would hand them, before he'd hand them a track, he'd say, if you died tonight, excuse me, sir, if you died tonight, would you be in heaven? 
Do you know where you're going? And then he'd hand him a track. Keep it real simple. People were often offended and shocked by his approach and presentation. And then he would just walk away. And they began to track all these people that had gotten saved as a result of this older gentleman's ministry. And finally, I think it was a story of one pastor who found out and he made all these connections. The pastor was traveling the world and he discovered that this little old man on this one street in the world had impacted all of these spiritual leaders all over the world. So he made his way back to the old man and he was sick and I think he was on the verge of death. And he began to articulate the story to this older gentleman. And the man said, the man began to cry. And he said, in all these years, and I think he did it for several decades, he said, in all these years, I never had one person turn their life on the spot to Christ. And as the pastor began to relate the stories of all these people that got saved as a result of his obedience, he began to break down in tears. And I think he died a couple weeks after that, as the story goes. Faithful. And all these people... Uh, trusting that the gospel has power. And God says, look, if you're struggling tonight, look to others who probably took some bigger steps of faith than you are being asked to take. I mean, pack your bags. I'll show you where you're going. Is there an address? Is there directions? Is there a map? She's going to ask me if there's a map, Lord. She's going to ask me, right? No map. (laughs) Just go, right? And I'll show you. You've been listening to Look to the Rock, part one on Walk in Truth. And that was Pastor Michael's teaching in Isaiah 51. If you missed any part of today's program, you can listen to Walk in Truth on our free Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also listen to our new mini-sodes called A Step Closer. And just so you know, we have free apologetic events from time to time, and they're called 633, and that's based on Matthew 633. Pastor Michael invites special guests, professionals in their fields, to talk about hard topics that affect the culture. In the past, we've had guest speakers that have talked about the issue of racism, Roe v. Wade, miracles, and how we as Christians can talk about those issues. You can watch those talks and many others on our Free Living Truth app, and on our website, walkintruth.com. That's walkintruth.com. Now here's Pastor Michael before we go. Well, as we talk about a message called Look to the Rock in Isaiah chapter 51, you know, maybe you've been trying to improve as a believer lately. Maybe you've uh, said something like this, you know what, I'm going to be more positive. I'm going to be more joyful. Uh, There's even a song out uh, about, you know, I'm going to be joyful. I'm going to make up my mind. And that could be good. You know, choosing an attitude of gratitude is great, but we need the power. And if you're in this cycle where you you kind of build yourself up, okay, I'm going to do this, and then you find yourself, you know, falling flat on your face, you're not alone. Because we need more than just a positive attitude. We need the power of the kingdom. And the power of the kingdom comes from the king and from the power of his Holy Spirit. So if you've been kind of running to the wall lately and you can't seem to escape a, a habitual bad attitude, <laughs> well, look, there's a lot of bad news going on, and maybe it's because you're taking in too much of that. I'm not talking about not being up to date on what's going on, but if you're drinking in too much of the bad news, it, it's it's bound to make you bitter. So drink from the fruit of the Spirit. 
and it's bound to make you more joyful. You'll have more of those fruits of the Holy Spirit, which we find in Galatians 5, 22 and 23. Well, hey, if you're new to us, uh, this is Pastor Michael Lance, and this is Walk in Truth, a ministry of Living Truth Christian Fellowship in the city of Corona, where I have the privilege of serving as senior pastor. There's a great church behind this ministry that helps support it. If you want to find out more about the church in the Inland Empire, if you're looking for a church home, you appreciate the Bible teaching that you're hearing here. It is simply an extension of the pulpit ministry of Living Truth in Corona. You can find out more about the church and how to worship with us. Go to walkintruth.com and click on the church tab, walkintruth.com, and click on the church tab. I would love to have you here. We'd love to meet you. It's an outstanding church. And remember, if you're not in the area, you can join us live stream for the second service on Sunday mornings, 1030 a.m. Pacific time. Check it out when you go to YouTube and you can look up Living Truth Christian Fellowship. God bless you. We'll be diving into more in Isaiah 51, Lord willing, right here tomorrow. God bless you. And don't forget that Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry. Your financial partnership helps us broadcast on this station. How long have you been listening? Could you help us pay for some airtime on this station? Help us continue in this ministry. A monthly partnership of at least $5 a month is all we ask. If you're blessed by this ministry and believe others can be too, please visit walkintruth.com now to donate. That's walkintruth.com. And join us tomorrow for part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in Isaiah 51 called Look to the Rock. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, where it's our goal to equip you with God's truth to all people.